Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Tio. Hello, I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play JR the Crooked. Last time, the three of you landed in Otherware's second theater, a Victorian-era manor home to a hot family of aristocrats known as the Grimsby's. Taken for seldom-seen cousins, the Grimsby's delivered the terrible news that their father, Parsimonious Grimsby, had been murdered during dinner, meaning someone at the manor must have been responsible for the ghastly deed. There on the case was famed detective Sherlock Zolms and his partner, Dr. Wobson. J.R. and Constance ingratiated themselves with the pair and moved upstairs to investigate the murder scene, while Alvin hobnobbed with the Grimsby's looking for more information and also brandy. (laughs) Your murder mystery escape room was interrupted by the intrusion of a nameless constable, soon revealed to be one of the tall man's masked kindred. Constable Bailey. (laughs) Yes, Constable Bailey. The constable questioned your disguises and identities. Constance immediately fled, running to find Wobson, (laughs) believing him to be the anchor, which was true, but also discovered that he was, in fact, actually the infamous Jim Moriarty in disguise. Alvin attempted to play off the constable's probing questions, but ultimately his cover was blown. Using JR's knowledge of magic and Victorian-era architecture, the three of you escaped up the servant stairs to the attic, where an old steamer trunk housed the door to the next theater. Confronted by Moriarty, Alvin accidentally tackled him into the portal. JR and Constance hastily followed, narrowly escaping the collapsing theater behind them. Whoops. Oops. Whoopsie. Maybe not quite as good as the first one, but you got out. I like to think that I have arrested the baddie, and he is now in custody. Let's pick up there. (laughs) Alvin, you and Moriarty go tumbling out onto a cool dirt floor. The room you're in is quite dark, the only sliver of light coming in from a crack beneath an abnormally large door that swings shut behind you. You can just make out the contours of an overlarge table and several rows of big barrels. What really strikes you about this place, though, are the smells. Rich cured meats, nutty cheeses, a sharp note of pickling brine, aromatic herbs and spices. You seem to be in a larder or pantry of some kind. As you breathe deep of these delights, you hear a soft chuckle echoing out from the darkness. I do a quick pat down of myself. Am I wearing clothes? Am I wearing a metal suit? What? What's the? Huh, yeah, what's good my, question. What's my disguise transmogrified into? You appear to be wearing robes of some kind, hmm. just like a, a rough spun wool cloth wrapped around your torso and waist. I'll growl out. You've made a big mistake. <laughs> now tell me, how did you manage to get here? You have their countenance, but you clearly aren't one of them, and you're not bound to one of these theaters like myself. How did you get here? Listen, have you ever seen Quantum Leap? (laughs) (laughs) What is this Quantum Leap that you speak of? I see it's beyond you. Well, it's pretty complicated stuff, but it's kind of what's going on. And while I'm talking, I want to just be kind of fumbling for a, a door. The only light in this room is coming from sort of the crack beneath a 
rather large door. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a door, you'd know where one is. Yeah, while I'm just bullshitting about Quantum Leap, I want to just quickly open the door, step through it, close it, and then hold it shut. You get a little bit closer, and uh, I think you feel around, and you you don't immediately feel a handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you realize that the handle on this door is about probably seven feet off the ground. Uh, giants. I look for a beanstalk. <laughs> As you are fumbling for this handle, I think you hear footsteps coming up quickly behind you. I'd shove them. Give me a roll to act under pressure. These are oh. pretty normal footsteps, huh? Yes. All right, I'm going to throw these away too. Roll the three, which means that's a two. On a miss, something bad happens. You whip around and uh, you catch Moriarty. You get a glancing blow, but you feel two hands grab hold of your face. And Mm. in a single swift motion, he tears the mask off of your face. Ow, ow. Oh, my face. Ah, How Uh did you tore off my real face? It's just as I expected. I thought I saw one of them fiddling with a mask earlier. This is how they move about, isn't it? Uh, And quickly, his voice recedes into the darkness. All right, everyone be on the lookout of a weird, bald-bearded guy. I'm pretty sure this is the only door, but I kind of need to get that mask back. And if he finds a little hole, because if this door handle's so high up, there might be just like a mouse hole or something that's big enough to scramble into. So I think I'm going to try to use my super smell. Ooh, boy, there's a lot of smells. But one of these smells is going to be a stinky old Victorian man. <laughs> so I bet I could okay. probably suss that one out. Give me a roll to investigate a mystery. That's actually a nine. On a seven to nine, hold one. Definitely, where did it go? You don't fully wolf out. You you snoot out. Mm-hmm. Your little snoot protrudes just ever so slightly. Nostrils flare. And you start start sniffing around and hiding behind some of these over large barrels, which you can make out very distinctly between the delectable morsels therein, mm-hmm. is the smell of Moriarty, which I think you can very clearly identify. He's standing about 15 feet away. Just just like, this is a good spot. Is he scrambling at, at something or just silently? No, he, he's still, he seems like he's waiting. Mm-hmm. Now, sir, I don't want to get nasty, but I will be having that mask back. There is no response. I'm going to just do a big jump. Give me a no limits roll. That is an eight. On a seven to nine, you do it, but there is a consequence. You suffer one harm, take minus one forward, or you need to rest right now. I think I'll take minus one forward. Okay. So you leap forward with surprising speed, and Moriarty is not prepared. He's not prepared for you to act this way. That's and right. And before he can even react, you, I think, smash both of the barrels, these overlarge barrels. They're almost your size. You knock both of them aside and collide with Moriarty. What do you do? I'll hold him down and, I guess, sniff for my own scent? Okay. I'm I'm not going to make you roll. You pin him down, and you can tell that Moriarty has put on your mask. Mm -hmm. And I think as you're getting your surroundings and pinning him down, you feel a scalpel jab into your side for one harm. Is it a silver scalpel? It is not a silver scalpel. (laughs) Okay. I ignore it. Yes. (laughs) I grin and just growl menacingly. I don't know what this will do to any normal human, but let's find out. And I tear his face off. 
Are you tearing the mask off or are you the like mask tearing off. his face? Okay. Oh, the mask off. But I just want him to kind of be scared about it first for a second. You rip the mask back and take it away from him and he skitters backwards. He doesn't look scared per se, but he's clearly reassessing your threat level. Mm-hmm. And as he backs away from you, there is a long, low wooden creak as that door swings open. And standing in the doorframe, its imposing shadow looming long into the room is an enormous human figure. I affix my mask and I hide behind a barrel and I think clearly to myself, I'm not an Englishman. <laughs> Let's jump to JR and Constance. Okie dokie. The two of you step out of a doorway, and immediately the floor beneath your feet begins to pitch and roll. Before you can get your bearings, a sheet of water knocks you off your feet, and instantly you feel the chill setting into your bones as the sharp flare of salt water bites at your nostrils. We're on a boat! Uh, yeah. You collect yourselves. Yay! You collect yourselves for long enough to realize that you are on a large wooden vessel yes. in the midst of a terrible storm. Yes. Men in drenched robes are scurrying frantically over the deck, stowing the sails and battening the hatches as this vessel looks to not be capsized in this terrible torrent. What do you do? Uh, Quinn, can we tell, I mean, obviously the theaters are not always realistic and can often be anachronistic, but can we glean a time frame that this is in theory set based on the appearance of the ship and the appearance of the sailors? Why don't you give me a roll to investigate a mystery? I would love to. It's an eight. On a seven to nine, hold one. It's not a clear investigative mystery. I suppose the closest that I can get is what happened here. JR, you are a student of history to some degree, correct? I mean, I do love ships. I do love ships. <laughs> especially, yeah, especially of ships. I think you notice a few things. This is a reasonably sized vessel, but nothing of the type that would be common in you know, medieval or, or renaissance or even later for, for wooden vessels. I think you also notice that most of these sailors are wearing simple undyed robes. So I think you would probably put this in the classical era. This is mm. old, old. Yeah, I think you can see most people aren't carrying weapons, but the few that are appear to be made of copper and in some cases brass. I lean over to Constance and I go, we're on a really old ship. I mean, it's probably new, but like, we're very far back. Like, BCE. Well, in fantasy time. Fantasy BCE. As the two of you are having this conversation, another giant wave crests the bow of the ship and breaks over it. And dozens of these sailors are washed over the prow and the deck and the ship begins to kind of list slightly to the left. I would like to uh, look around and see if I notice a captain. 
Sure. Why don't you give me a roll to, I think, read a bad situation? Oh, boy. That's not ominous or anything. That is a good old-fashioned 12 for you. Oh. On a 10 plus, hold three. Well, I think a good first question would be, are there any dangers we haven't noticed, you know, besides the big bad ocean? (laughs) I think what you see as you begin to look around and try to make sense of the chaos on deck here, almost everyone is, is working frantically to keep this boat upright. You notice one person is not. Because they are tied to the mast of the ship. <laughs> ah. Oh. Okay. Yes. And you can't hear what they're saying, but they are shouting something. Do they look distraught? Confused? What's the facial expression going on? I don't know if it's immediately clear. They do look somewhat distraught, but, you know, everyone kind of looks distraught right now. Because it looks like this whole vessel could go down. Is this a, like, Odysseus situation where we're sailing by some sirens and so they tied him to the mast? Well, because apparently they fucking ran out of beeswax and we're like, I know what we'll do. We'll tie you to the mast because the rest of us have enough wax. Instead of, like, no, not tying up Odysseus. Oh, that's yeah. right. He yeah. wanted like, to hear the sirens the but not cause his boat to crash. Yeah, so. he, he wanted to, to have his cake and eat it, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, what a dick. <laughs> cake but we did Constance, you have two yes. more hold. <laughs> I'd like to note that Quinn did not say he had a sexy face on, and I feel like that you'd have a sexy face on in the case of sirens. I'm just saying. Let's see. What's the best way out? In what sense? Well, obviously I can't ask about exiting the theater because that's a special move, but maybe a variation of that is like out of this situation. I can ask a different one if that's too I mean, I can give you an answer, but I feel like it's probably going to be unsatisfying for you. Okay. All right. I'll just go with um, what's the biggest threat? The storm, certainly. But amidst the torrential rain coming down and the sound of waves breaking and crashing, you feel like you can hear music Mm -hmm. or more accurately, singing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Yep. Okay. I mean, I feel like I kind of know the answer to this, but let's just go ahead and confirm this. And what's the best way to protect the victims? You are coming to conclusions about what this might be. And remembering some of your classical literature, you look around and I think you realize that all of these sailors have something waxy stuffed into their ears. Yeah. Everyone except for the person tied to the mast. Mm -hmm. The best way to protect the victims, and you realize the victims are probably you at this point, is to (laughs) find some beeswax and stuff it into your ears. Or something from our world. Constance, you have anything in the Instagram backpack that you'd like to? <laughs> I do, but it's not going to be on brand. But I don't know if we have much of an option right now. I don't care if it's trendy earplugs. I just need earplugs. <laughs> All right. I would like to look into my Instagram backpack for, I don't think I would have earplugs. I'm going to be realistic. There's no reason I would. But what I would probably have are like snowy time earmuffs, like really cute ones for Instagram photos. And sound canceling headphones, like the, you know, the big hefty boys that you want to, again, take good Instagram photos with. 
Do the earmuffs have like little cat ears on them? No, they're those really fuzzy white ones. They look like they're in a Netflix uh, holiday movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay. You've taken me on a journey. Give me a preparedness roll. Eight. We skirted by. Oh, Oh, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, No, we didn't. No, I have it, but it's not here. Smack dab in the middle. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So the mixed success on preparedness doesn't really work for other wear. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to go with the mixed success for armory, which is the other side of the coin for acquiring special things. Mm-hmm. On a 7 to 9, you have it, but only the minimum, which means I think you only have one. Oh, jeez. Uh, then let's have it be the sound canceling headphones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. More importantly, you only have one for you and JR. Oh, jeez. I produce one set meekly, and I look at UJR, and I'm like, if I put this on, can you use magic in this world, or do we need to tie ourselves together? I think that's what I'm going to have to try and do. I don't really want to be doing a whole lot of magic here, especially on a self-contained unit. We could look around on the boat for more earwax. Okay, let's do that. (laughs) And like, maybe we hold hands until that happens. I have the headphones on and I'm not letting go of your hand. Okay, yes. JR, give me, I think give me a roll to investigate a mystery. Okay. And that is an 11. Hold two, but I think you're probably only gonna need one. Okay, where is more earwax? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a very specific question, but it's right here on the list. Yeah, I wonder. We've never yeah, I can't used believe that I never, never where, saw that one before. We've never used that question until just ears? now. Uh, where, I guess it would be maybe what is being concealed. No, because I, I would like work. to ask. Okay, yeah, what is being concealed here? JR, I think near one of the masts fastened down is a clay urn. Mm-hmm. And inside you see a pile of wax. Okay. As you reach it, the music begins to swell and you start to feel this funny sensation creeping over you. Don't you dare! Is the Lord of the Dance within me as I hear this music? I'm just curious, like, I'm going for this beeswax. But I would like to know, Quinn, paint a picture of what this music is making me want to do. I think at this moment you feel just a soothing (laughs) sensation, like, it's gonna be okay. Like, the storm is okay. You're gonna be fine. You're going to make it through this, and... We're going to be better. You're going to be better than ever before. Yeah. Just listen to the music. Follow the music, and it'll be okay. I mean, I do like feeling okay and wanting to know that it's all going to be all right, but I'm going to reach for the beeswax and put it into my ears. That sound gets dimmer and dimmer. In fact, all sounds get dimmer and dimmer until you can't hear anything at all. Great. This quiet chaos swirls around you as this storm reaches a fever pitch. And as it does, through the clouds, you see a flock of five winged creatures begin to circle overhead. Mm -hmm. At first, they look like oversized birds, but you quickly realize (laughs) that instead of an avian beak and beady eyes, their heads are those of beautiful looking women. Ladies. And they swoop lower and lower, taking passes at the deck. And as they do, you see the crew begin to take up arms against them. What do you do? First of all, 
are we just going to communicate through hand signals now? Because we can't actually hear each other. Yeah, the two of you can't can't hear each other at all. (laughs) You're just staring at each other's mouths moving. I like look at JR and I point at them. Mm -hmm. And then I point at like an anchor or anything that where an anchor would be. And then I make like a shruggy emoji with my shoulders like, could one of them be the anchor? That'd be interesting. Oh, wow. That's that's like some Rebus territory with life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a, something to think about because this doesn't it doesn't seem like anyone on the boat is having a very fun time. At least not that we've <laughs> met. Possible. Uh, Quinn, before we move on to the next stage of deciding what to do, out of curiosity, did the spider knickknack that I stole in the last theater... Has it made it through to this one with me? Ah, yes. Uh, This is the perfect moment to ask that question. It is. Um, (laughs) Nothing has happened yet. We're we're still like, they're dive bombing us, but they haven't reached us yet. So we're good. This is a good good moment. (laughs) You fish around in your robes and I think you find a small satchel, but within it is just a few mismatched, coins in an irregular mint there's no statue it does not appear to have come with you hmm. i think i should probably steal something else just to conduct further experiments but that can wait for now thank yes. you for answering your qu- my question quinn it's a bullshit answer i think i should be able to keep stuff so that when i get back home i can fill up a whole curio cabinet of weird shit i stole and it's from another place, so, like, there's no statute of limitations that I'm going to have to worry about. Uh, I don't cause... know. They have a ledger and all that stuff. For in- they have an immigration policy. I feel like they're going to have rules. So these winged creatures are dive-bombing the deck <laughs> as the two yeah. of you are miming to one another. And I think yeah. right next to you, one of these <laughs> sailors is picked up off the ground in these giant talons and lifted off about 10 feet before being dropped down with a sickening crunch. Oh boy. Okay. What weapons do we have in the vicinity? I think there is a weapons rack battened down near you and on it are several spears and short swords. I am going to be good with my flamethrower, which I pull out (laughs) at this moment. Constance, you reach into your Instagram backpack and instead of a flamethrower, out come several sealed pots with flint and tinder. Uh, And you appear to have some prepackaged Greek fire. Great. Okay. (laughs) Mechanically, this has the same stat line as a flamethrower, but this is your version that you have. You have vessels, grenades of Greek fire. All right. I would like to move towards the dude that is tied to the mast. I want to have a conversation with him before I. <laughs> oh my I, god! We'll get to it. When we <laughs> we gotta find. We gotta know who the anchor is. This is clearly not the right theater. So, yes. Okay. You approach this man. He's a uh, tall, sort of wiry. He has a thick, bushy beard and ruddy brown hair. And as you get closer, you can hear him screaming and he locks eyes with you and he says, cut me loose, cut me loose. Let them take me the beautiful melody. Let them take me. Yes, very beautiful. Top notch. Uh, where's the captain? 
and then I can cut you loose. He does not respond. He just continues to like Ugh. scream at you All to right. cut him loose. JR? What are the harpies doing right now? I know they're like swooping in and trying to grab people, but like, do I see any of them coming in specifically for anybody around me or like what? Paint me a picture here. These five creatures are circling around. They seem to have realized that their melody is not working, and so they are resorting to more base means of picking up sailors and either dropping them on the deck or into the ocean. Most of these sailors have armed themselves. A few are still sort of tending to the ship as it pitches and heaves, but most of them are are trying to take the fight to these creatures. Mm -hmm. They're having... Some success. They've they've wounded one of them, uh, and I think landed a few minor blows on some of the others. But by and large, you know they're having a difficult time fighting these flying enemies. So nobody's really looking at us that much. Nobody is paying any significant attention to you. Okay. Except for who I think you have probably realized now is Odysseus, right. tied to the mast. Right. Yeah. Okay. While everybody's attention is thus occupied elsewhere. I'm going to, I have not had a chance to do this in any of the theaters because I really haven't wanted to know what the effects of being in this world were going to be on my magic, but I'm going to use magic. Okay. I want to get them out of the air and force them down on the boat where we can then kill them. So I think what it's going to be is trap a specific person, minion, or monster. Yes, that'll work. Give me a roll to use magic. It's a seven. There is a glitch. I'll take one harm. I think the magic works exactly as you intended. You raise the key and point at these sirens, and they go crashing to the deck. However, there's sort of a, I think the only word to describe it is feedback. Yeah. That you feel sort of reverberating back through the key, Mm -hmm. and your whole body just kind of shakes for a second. You feel the splitting migraine come on, and you're going to take one harm. Yeah. That's fair. But these sirens are now all on the deck, and whatever advantage they had for their sort of aerial prowess is completely negated. And these sailors are making quick work of them. It's stabby, stabby time. Yeah. Before you and Constance can even really react, the sirens are dead. Yay! We solved a siren puzzle. So quick question. So it's like actually Odysseus- that's wrapped up there this isn't just like a literary nod uh i mean you don't know that okay we're just we're assuming so okay i mean it's based on Mm -hmm. a oral tradition that survived thousands of years no 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 i I mean like uh... (laughs) we're wondering if it's like john in an odysseus hat yeah oh gotcha Yeah. yeah You have no idea if this is really Odysseus or a figment of this theater or a kindred in disguise, but the the countenance is one of Odysseus, certainly. Yeah, okay. So I meant more in that sense of like, similar to how we were in a Sherlock-like world, but things were slightly different. I wasn't sure Mm. if we actually had the captain tied up or if it was just similar scenario going on. Right, right. Okay, all right. That, I'm just uh, uh, really that hoping that the anchor was not one of the sirens. That's why I'm like, who would if? <laughs> that's why I'm Oops. I'm trying to figure out if this was someone like living out their narrative love, or if it's like I want that and I'm making my own fan fiction. You know, Constance. I think the answer to your question comes sooner than you might think. Great. Fuck. Amidst the sailors who were engaged in this melee with the sirens, 
I don't think you spotted them earlier, but there are two readily distinguished individuals. One of them is a tall man, clean-shaven. He's carrying a long sword and a round shield, and he has armor on, and a long flowing red robe behind him. Standing next to him is a woman in her mid-twenties with sharp eyes and dark features. She's clad in a burnished brass cuirass and holding a long spear. And you and JR are immediately struck with an uncanny sense of familiarity, and I think it only takes you a moment to realize why. This woman is the spitting image of you, Constance. <laughs> oh boy. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 34 of Monster Hour where the oddities of otherwear continue to get stranger with each passing theater. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been sharing the show with their friends, both on social media and from an appropriate social distance, because it turns out the real monster is still somehow 2020. Don't forget that if you tweet about the show using hashtag MonsterHourPod, you might wind up with a character named after you. I also want to give a shout out to our newest patrons, Gavin and Fig. And an extra special thank you to Fig, who joined us at the $50 level. With their support, we just hit our second Patreon goal, which means we're going to start rolling out all sorts of fun one-shot episodes for you, from more NPC backstory episodes and Monster Hour specials to all new games and systems. So stay tuned for those. We're going to continue the tour of our Patreon tiers with the $10 a month Prospector Pub Regular. In addition to Jasper's unspoken but undying loyalty, this tier gives you access to all of our Patreon-exclusive mini-campaigns that we'll be launching as soon as we hit our next goal. You'll also get the opportunity to weigh in on what sorts of settings and game systems we use in those campaigns, along with all of the perks from the previous tiers. If you enjoy our storytelling and want to hear us take a run at all new worlds and characters, this is the perfect tier for you. Our spooky spotlight this week is Shrimp and Crits, a fellow Monster of the Week podcast with a southern fried twist. You hear kind of a stirring within it, and out pops a raccoon, and it scratches your face for one harm. That is unacceptable. At the same time, Ray Ray, while you're talking to Leo, oh god, I'm so bad with names. While you're, if only I had a list of them right in front of me. <laughs> um, while you're talking to Leo, you notice out of the corner of your eye something moving, and there is actually a bear approaching the two of you. He doesn't see it yet. Dang! Leo, come get back. Right, right. I think this is yours. <laughs> what you just heard is a clip from Shrimp and Crits, our actual play podcast where we play Monster of the Week for your tiny little ear holes. New episodes are available to download every other week on Mondays on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you can, please rate us, subscribe to us so you can get notifications when new episodes release, and leave a review. The things you've said so far have been incredible. Find us online on Instagram and Twitter at Shrimp and Crits, and you can also go to our website, shrimpandcrits.com. That's all I've got for you this week. We'll be back with episode 35 of Monster Hour on October 13th. See you then. Alvin. Yes. Standing in the doorframe is this imposing figure, and you hear a deep, guttural voice say, Who's in my pantry? Can I ask one question? Sure. How many eyes does he have?
I think you can see in the dim light, he's mostly backlit, but you can make out just the gleam of a single large eye on this mm-hmm. 15-foot-tall figure. Mm-hmm. Do I see Moriarty? Uh, no, he has disappeared into the darkness again. I presume he's probably also hiding. You can smell him around, but you, without focusing on it, you don't know immediately where he is. Okay. Um, I think if this giant is coming into the pantry to snoop around, I'd like to make a play to try to sneak around him and out. Tell me how you would sneak past this giant. (laughs) Um, Is there space in this pantry for the giant to kind of walk in? Yeah. I like to just kind of stay on an opposite side of like a barrel or hop from a barrel to a big chunk of cheese or a you know, a mountain of potatoes or, or whatever he's gotten here and try to just keep an object between the giant and myself until I am edged closer to the door and then just swift as I can and quiet as I can sneak out. Give me a roll to act under pressure. Dang. And minus one forward for my limit. Oh boy. I got a 10. Dang. Ah! Which means I rolled double sixes. (laughs) Minus two. (laughs) All right. Man, this is the coolest Alvin has ever been and nobody's around to see it. Well, (laughs) one person is around to see it because you skip over these blocks of cheese. You climb Potato Mountain and very deftly maneuver around this Cyclops. Mm -hmm. However, as you approach the door... Moriarty appears from the darkness, smiles, and slips through just ahead of you. God damn it, this guy. Moriarty is running out into what appears to be a giant kitchen. Mm -hmm. There's a big pot of stew on over Mm -hmm. a fire. You can smell it wafting through. And on the other side, the front door is open into bright daylight. Well, I guess he's leading the way if he's scurrying towards there. If that's the only way out, I need to get out there too. You chase after Moriarty. Are you trying to catch up to him or are you just sort of like following him? I'm just trying to get out of the giant house. You follow closely behind. Um, You're just keeping sort of a normal running pace. He breaks free and then takes a sharp right. Mm -hmm. And you emerge out into this open field, these golden rolling hills of wheat. And Moriarty is nowhere to be found. But you are free of the Cyclops' house. Uh, he's probably hiding somewhere nearby. There's just nothing but fields of wheat, as far as the eye can see. In the distance, you can see what appears to be a small village. Is it a big village really far away? Or is it a little Difficult to say. Close. Difficult to say from this distance. Uh, I think you can also see that there appears to be an orchard next to it. Okay. I'll just book it to the orchard. You sprint through these fields of wheat. Every once in a while, you feel like you catch a glimpse of someone like rustling or moving around nearby, but you can never seem to quite put your finger on it. Yeah. And you arrive at this village. When you reach it, you realize that it is, and in fact, as you're drawing near, you realize that it is uh, human-sized. Okay. And it's just, you know, a series of maybe a dozen, 20 mud brick and thatch single-story houses. Mm Mm-hmm. And at the center of it is a large square where there's a bunch of tables set up and a lot of people just kind of like sitting. Like it looks like it's a festival of some kind, but no one's like dancing or moving. They're just kind of sitting. (laughs) A sit down festival. Yeah, it appears to be an extremely mellow affair. Well, Alvin's just trying to think 
if they got separated, where did they say to meet up in a generic town? Where would JR and Constance go to first off in the village? And I think he's going to start looking for the tavern. I think you look around and it's not immediately clear if there is a, a tavern. You get the sense this is like a rural sort of farming community. Okay. There don't appear to be businesses of any type. Is there anything that looks like a prehistoric information center? <laughs> they give tours. Is there an art gallery? There is no art gallery. <laughs> Dang, I'm running out of options. Why don't you... I'm trying to decide if investigate a mystery or read a bad situation is better here. Why don't you give me a roll to read a bad situation? Okay. Like, this village is not bad per se, but your overall situation is kind of bad. Yeah. So We're separated. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and do that? Uh, that is a 10. Hold three. I'll start by asking, what's the biggest threat now that I'm out of the giant house? May still be the giant. He is very big. Tell me how Alvin's feeling right now. Uh, I think in his head, his worry is the biggest threat is, is just getting stuck here forever. Yeah. Being, being lost. I think that is the biggest threat. I think mm -hmm. the biggest threat is that you're separated from your friends in an mm -hmm. unknown theater and you don't know where you are or what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I suppose I could kind of tweak the question, what's my best way out? I could start asking about the general mask descriptions of my friends, if anyone's seen a middle-aged accountant looking per well they don't know accountant <laughs> a e-girl oh, they don't know that either oh no <laughs> um a tax collector is that close <laughs> alvin your best way out is to find the exit yourself Oof. either to wait for jr and constance there or to just go to the next place and hope you can meet them there hope we meet up separately yeah that is your best way out true then the last hold I'll have is, now I need to try to think about who the anchor might be. The me, Kyle, the player knows if this is all one theater. It's really big. The anchor may be with one of us, but not the other one. It could also very well be two different theaters. But for Alvin, Alvin doesn't know any of that. He knows he woke up with <laughs> a Jack and the Giant Beanstalk situation. But then there's no beanstalk. and The giant only had one eye. And then there's a village of sitting people. It's very scary. Um, so I'll do a, are there any dangers I haven't noticed? I mean, you know Moriarty is following you. Yeah. So yeah. that is a known danger. You have noticed that. Mm -hmm. I think the danger is that these people seem near catatonic. Every once in a while, one of them says something or like gets up and puts something on their plate. But like... Like on low power mode. It's like if the anchor is not here, maybe the world just kind of runs at a lower cycle. <laughs> it's not so much that. They look happy, mm -hmm. blissful almost, but they're very subdued. I guess I'll start trying to blend in, but quickly moving throughout the town to see if anybody stands out or if this is truly every single person is just in a sedate cloud nine. Are you just kind of walking around or are you are you engaging with anyone? Like, tell me, what's your approach here? I'm first trying to just get a quick look to see if anybody particularly stands out. I may intentionally bump into somebody and be like, oh, pardon me. 
I don't think anyone stands out. I think there are a few people who have, you know, slightly nicer clothes, maybe, you know, some jewelry, but, you know, nothing that would sort of signify like a leader or anything like that. Mm. When you bump into one of them, I think they just kind of look at you and smile and beckon for you to have a seat at this long table that everyone is dining at. Can I ask the person I bumped into? From out of town, this uh, nice festival you got going on here. What's the occasion? Welcome, traveler. This is no festival. We're just partaking of the lotus tree. Oh. Do you partake every day? (laughs) This person hands you a pale-looking fruit, but this center is sort of a a vibrant fuchsia color. Uh, Oh, thank- I, I just ate. Up a ways, uphill, I was a guest up the hill. They shrug and hand it to you, and then you can see that all up and down this table, there's just hundreds of these sliced fruits. Hmm. There's other food too, but there's a just an abundance of what must be lotus fruit. I don't want it. Uh... Out of the corner of your <laughs> eye, you see Moriarty passing between a knot of these people, and then he just sort of disappears. Ah, I I see my friend just over there. (laughs) Excuse me, Jim. You head that direction, but he is nowhere to be seen. Dang it, Jim. I'm just going to kind of walk the outskirts, I think, just to see if there's anything near this town. Because I'm thinking, Alvin's thinking now, like, there's a lot of dead ends going on here. You might just have to roll the dice and try to find the exit without an anchor. Do you want to give it a roll? Yeah, I think he, he walks around the outskirts, doesn't really find anything going on there. He's gonna gonna give it a roll. When you search for an exit to one of Otherwise Theaters, roll plus weird. Oh, hot damn. 11 plus 3, 14. Woo! Damn! Okay. I found the right dice. Way I found the right dice. I'm keeping these ones. Yeah. On a 10 plus, it takes you barely any time at all. Alvin, you close your eyes. And just like last time, you perceive the currents and winds of this theater. And I think you can tell that the exit that you want, there are many exits, the one that you want is located out at sea. It's not far, but a good sail. Mm -hmm. And you get the sense of a colossal whirlpool draining down to the depths of the ocean. Ooh. Hidden in plain sight. (laughs) <laughs> no one wants to go down there. Uh, I need a boat. On a 10 plus, it takes you barely any time at all, which means ah, on the outskirts of this village, it's not far <laughs> from the coast, you see a small dock and a just barely seaworthy vessel. A uh, dinghy with my name on it. I'm going to act casual. And then I'm going to cause a commotion by throwing some lotus fruit to start a food fight with the people who are the least likely folks to engage in a food fight. That's a bad idea. I mean, I don't think they're going to fight you for it. Are you concerned about them? I'm not trying to fight them. I'm trying to act casual and disappear so Moriarty doesn't jump on my dang boat. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Actually, you know what? It's not that big a deal. It's a little boat. He'd be stuck on there with me. Bring him along. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I need, I listen, I'm so lonely now. I kind of want Jim back. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll take a couple turns on the street just to like pretend like I'm trying to throw him off so he knows that I know that he's following me and then I'll head down to the dock. 
you move down to the dock, I think you can tell that you are being tailed, albeit quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you reach this this little dinghy. I say out to the world, well, I guess I'm stuck here forever. I wonder if you can die in a theater. And then I get in the boat and push myself off the dock. Okay. In the boat. <laughs> you push off and begin sailing towards the direction of this massive whirlpool. Constance and JR, you are standing aboard the galley. The man tied to the mast is slowly being untied. His screaming has been reduced to more cogent gibbering at this point, and he seems to be recollecting his senses. And in front of you are these two warriors, one of whom bears a a striking resemblance to Constance. Hmm. Cool. Hmm. I think I take the wax out of my ears. I also take off my headphones. <laughs> Step number two is looking at Constance, looking at the woman, looking back at Constance, <laughs> looking at the woman, looking back at Constance, you know, for comedic effect, and then leaning uh-huh. into Constance and being like, yo, what the fuck? So this might be my fault. I did do a lot of paint by numbers of the Odyssey. Oh boy. So is that you then? Is this a version of you? I don't. Hey, Constance! let's ask her. <laughs> I assume that this person also, or this being, also recognizes that I look like them. You don't. No, you're though. wearing your costume. Oh, I don't. That's right. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So then, yes, Jr. Go for it. Okay, Constance. <laughs> Does anything happen? No. Okay. Sorry. You look like a. You know. You really look like a friend of mine. Sorry. Constance, you got anything else? What do you want to do? You want to go over and let's... Uh... Yeah. I put out my hand to shake this being's hand. This woman steps forward and clasps your forearm and gives you a hearty shake and says, Yeah, a friend. I don't recognize you. What brings you aboard this vessel? Before I respond, when I'm shaking her hand, do I see my tattoo that I have on my wrist? That no, triangle? you do not. Interesting. That's something. Zeus was mad at us, and we got stuck on the ocean. You know how it is. <laughs> yes. Poseidon has cursed dear Odysseus here. Yeah. <laughs> Constance, give me a roll to... Not get freaked detect, the fuck out? Detect doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> give me a roll to investigate a mystery. Okay. Although... We're so close to meeting Calypso. I'm kind of on board for this. <laughs> oh, that's a good old-fashioned 10. Hey. Hold to. I mean, what sort of creature is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Constance, you grasp this woman's hand, and you can tell immediately that she is the anchor of this place. Okay, yeah, called it. Cool. Hot but damn. I can't tell if she's like another version of me. You can tell she's human. You can't tell more than that. Okay. What is being concealed here? Also a good choice. I think as you shake this woman's hand, she starts talking again, welcoming you aboard the vessel and and asking what brings you on this journey. She hadn't recalled meeting you before, but she's used to strange adventures and strange adventurers. As she's saying this, you realize that you're understanding these words, but you're not hearing them. 
The words you're actually hearing are in Romanian. Oh, God. And she says, Oh, sorry, I've gotten so ahead of myself. I'm Georgiana. It's nice to meet you. 